0: Well, always guys we we'll to bring in my guest for this edition of the show which like i already said is justin mattinelli wsfa sports reporter uh justin uh, it's been a while since uh we've talked via podcast uh how's it going
1: hi everything's been going good i you mentioned it has been a while since we last talked but you know just making it through uh, another football season you know getting down to the the nitty-gritty here bowl games getting started playoffs about to start soon so uh Really ramping up our coverage, getting ready for uh, all things Troy, Auburn, and Alabama here for the next couple weeks. But you know, always can make time for you, Philip, to, to join you on the show.
0: I appreciate it as always, and I gotta tell you, and you know, I did not tell you this, and this just popped in my head. Something I want to tell you, I absolutely loved the name of your fantasy team in our league this year. Turned down for Watson. That, that was fantastic. <laughs> I love, I, I love that name.
1: I, you know, I wish I could take credit. For it, but a couple years ago, I think in another league, I had turned down for Watkins when I had Sammy Watkins uh, on my team. So I, I pretty much just copied and pasted it and just replaced Sammy Watkins with Deshaun Watson this year. But uh, I, I didn't pull a lot of my names from the Internet as well. I'm, uh, I'm not creative enough to think of, of some of them, but I do appreciate it. Uh, the turn down for Watkins one was pretty good, but, you know, just just kind of copy and paste this year.
0: Yeah, you know, of course, maybe this is my fault because I am the commissioner. I do have a very uh, high-scoring league uh, with all the <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, but uh, yeah, our league kind of went topsy-turvy in our playoffs, where I think all the, uh, fa- the teams that were g- the best teams in our league that were uh, doing well in the regular season all got eliminated. Playoffs. I think the two block worst teams that got into the playoffs are now playing for championship this week. So uh, you got to love fancy football, man. It's it's you, you never know.
1: Well, that's the way that every year for me. Uh, another league I'm in, I have finished uh, the last three years, I'll finish either second or third for three straight years. Can never win it. I'll either make the championship game or come so close that I can never find myself winning that championship at the end. And the same with your group this year. I think I was one of the top four teams knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. So there's, there's no telling what's going to happen.
0: Well, what happened for me, and you know, everybody, we're gonna to get to college football <laughs> a second, but uh, all year I was relying, and I, I pretty much rode Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins, who constantly were consistent. They were, con- that's why I drafted both of them. I said they're not always put up the like the top numbers every week, but they're consistently going to have the same numbers. And then I have Gronk, then Adam Thielen, then Brandon Cooks. But all of a sudden, all my stars—the last couple weeks—have <laughs> decided not to play well. I mean, I almost played Tanney Hill last week. That's how bad it has gotten for Ooh. me. So, I my team just hit injuries. I don't know what, <laughs> but it was just very, really, really bad luck. I felt good going to uh, the fancy playoffs, but man, my my guys just—they decided to take an early vacation. I guess uh, uh, here toward the end of the season. <laughs>
1: That's kind of what happened with mine as well. Uh, I was riding Phillip Rivers and Melvin Gordon all the way into the playoffs, and then Gordon got hurt and missed the last couple of weeks and just really couldn't find a running back to uh, pick up his slack uh, after that. So it's just kind of been a, these last couple of weeks have been a struggle, but you know, um, it's still fighting strong, still trying to fight for position there in the end so I don't come in dead last, which uh, hopefully won't happen.
0: I think I'm going to rest my stars like the NFL teams do when they know they're not going to make the playoffs <laughs> and play all my backups this week. I think that's going to be my, my philosophy this week. Um,
1: hey, it's a smart strategy. It might work out.
0: Hey, you never know. You never know. But uh so I don't want to talk about, and I told you about this off air before we got going, you know, I had asked you, was there a photo I could use, you know, to promote your appearance here on the show and looking through your profile pictures on Facebook. And I remember seeing this in August. I saw it again, and like I told you off here, I was very jealous because he's one of my favorite analysts. Uh, meeting Trent Dilfer, that had to be awesome for you. Oh,
1: it was. Uh, I mean, I've, I'm a big Cowboys fan, but I also really liked the Ravens growing up. I was a big you know, hit their, their defense was phenomenal. So one of the first, like, few teams i really remember watching was the deal for years you know they won the super bowl so you know getting to meet him and you know and seeing everything he's gone through you know because he's had a you know rough go over the last couple years of the death of his son and everything so just getting to meet and talk to him was phenomenal you know he gave me some pointers and all that you know with you know from his time on monday night football on espn you know he was just passing along some knowledge you know that he had you know Just, you know, taking the time even after the interview, you know, we talked for about 15 minutes before the interview, did our interview with him, and then he stuck around for about 15, 20 minutes afterwards and just, you know, just chewed the fat with us. I mean, he was just an all-around fantastic person to meet, all-around just phenomenal human being in general. And I I know we mentioned we hate that ESPN let him go, but, you know, we talked to him about it, and he says, you know, that's fine for him, you know, because it gives him more time to – to hang out with his kids. He said when he was leaving Montgomery, actually, for that event, he had to be home because he had um, something to do with his daughters at 6 o'clock the next morning. So, you know, it seems as if he's happy in this new current role of his. So, I mean, it was just awesome getting a chance to meet him.
0: Yeah, and anytime I hear him on a radio show on he does do a TV spot or, you know, whatever he does, he does seem like a genuine nice guy. And the fact is, the guy knows football from top to bottom because, I mean, you look at the stuff he does with the Elite 11 camps, and then he knows college football. I think that's something maybe he couldn't show as much when he was at ESPN was his knowledge of college football. And then, of course, you know, for playing at the NFL level, winning a Super Bowl, playing at the highest level, uh, what his Analysis of the NFL game. So just from the high school, college, and pro level, the, I, I don't see another analyst out there that just knows the game as well as he does.
1: No. Uh, one thing he mentioned when he was talking to us was, you know, he was one of the fir- like first few people to really see to a tongue of Iowa, like in person, you know, at the Elite Eleven camp, you know, from his time in Hawaii and everything, and and he straight up told everyone that this guy has it. He's like, you know, I don't know what it is about him, but he has that it factor. You know, he has something that separates him from everybody else. And he mentioned that in the time Montgomery, he thought Tua would win the Heisman. He thought Bama would win the national championship. And honestly, Tua was one game away from doing it. So, I mean, the guy knows what he's talking about. He can evaluate talent. So I think this is, you know, I think that's his bread and butter. Yeah, he, he had a good uh, career in the NFL, but I really think his calling card is, evaluating these QBs that are making a transition from high school to that collegiate level because, man, he can, he can peg them out there.
0: Yeah, and I noticed uh, a couple weeks ago, which unfortunately a lot of people don't have this channel, which, which they did, uh, CBS Sports Network did a thing with the uh, new Alliance of American Football called the Quarterback draft where they were drafting the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. which Troy's Brandon Silvers was one of the quarterbacks in there. But he was one of the analysts. I saw that. I said, what a perfect guy to do this because, when he can break the, the games, the players down. he's probably has film on all of these guys. He knows what they can do. And, you know, just to kind of throw in another name they had there, Kurt Warner. So I was like, man, I mean, you're picking the right guys to break this thing down yeah. and just, once again, you know, the quarterback position. And, you know, this is kind of like, you know, I guess all script for what we plan to talk about. I'm excited for that league, and I'm excited to, to see those kind of level of analysts breaking that league down, too. So, once again, just Trent Differ all over the map.
1: Yeah, it's, uh you know, he's the butt of a lot of jokes when it comes to, you know, people talking about, oh, uh, anyone can win a Super Bowl. You know, Trent Dilfer did. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's, he's, always, he's always in that role of, well, oh, he did it, anybody can do it. But, you know, he may not have the best career on the field but the guy knows what he's talking about like i mean he, he from his time in college and the nfl you know he he has been able to study so much film like he, he gets it he knows what they're looking for he knows what certain quarterbacks tendencies can be so I mean, yeah he may not have been you know your tom brady or your joe montana but you know he can point you in the direction of who that next guy is going to be
0: yeah absolutely and if by chance Trent Dilfer, you are listening to this podcast I would love to have you on as a guest uh we have talked well about you here tonight uh so just think about that and just 15 minutes man that's all I need but
1: uh I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him again and see what I can do
0: there you go. There you go. We'll okay. talk to Trent Delfer. That, that's, you know, we're here for you, Trent. You, you should still be on ESPN. Uh, anyways, uh, switching gears there, uh, with my, my ploy to get a former NFL quarterback on the show, uh, man, bowl games this weekend. And it was blowout city, except for the Camellia ball, Raycom media, Camellia ball, which I was at covering. I had a lot of fun, uh, despite it being a cold, wet evening. Uh, also, really cool, and I was didn't say anything to him because I was trying to be a professional and not bother him, man. The entire game, Justin, no joke, I was five feet within Tommy Toverville. He was there. Uh, didn't ever speak to him, but I saw him. He walked right in front of me, and I was like, I was in awe. You know, I'm not used to that, you know, being that close to coaches, uh, which I had a couple of my Auburn buddies text me, said, tell him to come back, get rid of Gus. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> But anyway, but the game was fantastic and kind of a slow game, I think, to start. But what Georgia Southern was able to do, the big runs by Sh- Sh- Shaw Wurps, who won the MVP. You know, I gotta say, I, SEC my number one, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Sun Belt and what Georgia Southern has done from going from two and you know a two win team last year to now winning ten games. That was a tremendous game and tremendous win for that program.
1: Yeah, it really was. And I uh, could just going back to the game in general. Uh, I don't know what it is about the Camellia Bowl. You know, all these games can be blowouts, but you know, this is the fifth time the game has happened, uh, fifth annual Raycon Media Camellia Bowl. And the total margin of victory for all five games combined is in 17 points. So, I mean, you see these blowouts, you know, teams win about 20, 30 points, but you know, if you're tuning into the Raycon Media Camellia Bowl, uh, that it's going to be a fantastic game. And that's exactly what we got this year. I mean, I've, I've had the privilege of watching Georgia Southern the last, uh, let's see, this will make three years now. I've seen them play and, you know, and just that turnaround, they made it from last year to this year. is phenomenal. I mean, Chad Lunsford taking over last year. I mean, I know they were, they were very bad last year when he took over, but you know, you, you sensed the change in that program last year when he was named the interim head coach, you know, they, started playing a little harder and then this year man it something just clicked for him. something worked and that team had a complete 180 and you know being a troy fan and everything you know you you, you always pull for those other Sun Belt teams and everything out there so it was good to see them go out there and get a win and you know all these people saying there's too many bowl games uh so many some of these games don't matter i want you to look at chad lunsford after that after that game, and tell me that game does not matter because that was that was a program-defining victory for that squad.
0: Let me tell you, and that uh, championship presentation there, which I was right there in front, saw it. kind of changed my opinion on some philosophies I had when it comes to the bowl games. Because, and I even posted on my social media a few weeks ago when they named there's going to be another bowl game coming, and I, I forget where at. They they announced it's going to be a Sunbelt affiliated bowl. Anyways, I made the post. I think there's too many bowl games that, you know, they shouldn't have as many. But seeing that team react in person that way, and and that's the thing where TV can blind you a little bit. When you're there, you you see it differently. And seeing how they acted when they, you know, won the game off the field goal and then seeing the pure joy of those players and those coaches – how happy they were to get that victory up there on the podium before they got the trophy and after that changed my opinion. You know, we need these bowl games because the joy I saw from those players it changed my mind. It really did. It changed my opinion on there being too many bowl games. I no longer have that that way of thinking anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if it's just for you, you look at these programs that don't get that opportunity. A lot of these kids on this these teams and all these seniors that's their last game. I mean, they're not going to make it. I mean, now with, you know, the Alliance of American Football and the XFL coming back, there's more opportunity for them to play at the next level. But I mean, for the most part, that's it. Like, once college wraps up for them, I mean, their football days are behind them. So, you know, I've always been one yet. You know, there's 40-something bowl games. That might be a little too excessive. But, you know, some of these programs you know haven't been there before. You know, finally, you know, get to tasting uh, that victory in that bowl game. You know, it's huge, huge for some of these teams.
0: Most definitely. And then, you know, we kind of can switch down to the Dollar General Bowl, which uh, you will be at. Uh, I'll be watching comfortably uh, on my TV. So I guess me and you are reversing roles here with these bowl games. You know, you were at home watching the one I was at, so I will be watching (laughs) at home watching when you're going to be at. But uh, Troy is going for something very big here. I don't really know if it's getting enough attention, and maybe it will locally as the closer we get to the bowl game Troy going for a third straight season of 10 wins and I'm sure there's some Troy fans they'll disappointed the last game he lost at Appalachian State you were hoping to host the first Sunbelt championship game but I gotta say the job Neil Brown did with this team was very impressive because I mean you were changing quarterbacks Uh, Jordan Chun is no longer there so you had some big name players to replace and not only that you had to play two quarterbacks this year Sawyer Smith had to come in for Barker when he got hurt. I think he played well. Maybe some early struggles, first couple of games, but overall, I think he played well. So there was injuries that really did hurt this team down the stretch. So the job to get to nine and three, this, you know, I know some like I said, fans are you know were wanting the sum about title, but another great successful season for Neil Brown and the Troy Trojans.
1: Yeah, I think if you look at his four years there, I mean, you can talk about, you know, the 11-2 and two last year winning the Sun Belt Championship, but I definitely think this year as a whole shows how, A, phenomenal of a coach he is, you know, to be able to, to get them to that point and, B, you know, just the resiliency of the program, you know. You mentioned, you know, losing your starting quarterback halfway through the season. You, you already had to replace a four-year starter, you get a guy coming in, you know, making his first career start, you know, he plays very well for you the first six games of the year, then goes down with an ACL injury. So you have to bring in another guy who then comes in and you know, plays one of his worst games right off the bat, and a lot of people are like, okay, here we go. This is, this is what we can expect the rest of the year. And then just completely turn it around. Granted, the offense didn't play best the last two weeks. They're not going to shy away from that. They're going to tell you. They didn't play up their standards. They they were played to a lot of injuries, especially in the receiving court. DeAndre Douglas, Damian Willis, Sidney Davis. You know, three big playmakers. You know, out with injury. You know, all towards the back half of the season when they really needed them the most. So, I mean, the job Neil Brown was able to do with this team, turn them into a nine to three program, potentially their. 31st win in the last three years, which will be the most ever in a three year stretch in Troy history. I mean, if that's not the makings of a fantastic coach, then I I have no idea what is.
0: Yeah, and you just got to think. I mean, eventually, or, you know, and, and it'll be sad for Troy fans, and, you know, I'm a big supporter of Troy. You are as well. Uh, he's going to get a big job eventually. I mean, if you continue this trend, I, well, I think him and Bill Clark both are going to get great jobs in the future at big programs, but, you uh, just, you know, I think for Troy fans, you just really just have to appreciate him. Why is here? Because let's face it, he's young. He's not going to be there forever. And he, like I said, eventually he will land that big job.
1: Oh yeah, most definitely. And it, yeah, but what I've seen from most Troy fans, you know, a lot of them make jokes. Like, oh, don't leave Neil. But a majority of Troy fans understand he's going to move on and they want the best for him I mean he he's been able to turn that program around from you know three four win teams to now one of the top tier group of five programs that you hear about it here I mean, the last three years they've competed for the Belt title won it last year the three straight bowl trips I mean what he's been able to do with that no Troy fan is going to be upset at him for leaving they may be upset that he leaves but there will be no hard feelings towards him for taking another job at a power five program.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me that, that is a good promoting tool for your program. If he goes on to a bigger school and especially if he has success and, you know, a place he has been very successful at is in mobile, uh, went on the road against staff. Alabama, did that this year. Uh, I think it was two years ago. Beat Ohio in the same bowl game, the Dollar General Bowl. So Troy has had a lot of success. So they're going into a stadium they're very familiar with, and they know they can win.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think it was after the South Alabama game this year. I was talking with running like, back BJ Smith after the game, and he pretty much called Lad Peebles there home away from home because <laughs> in, the last, in the last three years they have three victories there: two against South Alabama, the one against Ohio. So I mean, they're they're comfortable. They're comfortable in that environment, and plus, it's been kind of like a home game the last three the last three trips down there for them. I mean, the South game two years ago. I mean, easily, easily more Troy fans were there than South fans. The uh, the Dollar General Bowl two years ago, Troy outnumbered Ohio. This year, Troy brought a tremendous crowd down to Lad again. So, I mean, it's not that far of a drive from Troy fans. Uh, you get a chance to win in your rival stadium for the second time this season. I mean, I think South had three wins this year at Lad People Stadium. Troy can go for their second in two attempts there. So, I mean, I'm sure that's, you know, the feather in their cap they're looking for. You know, they're looking to add that 10th victory as well. And and Mobile is just, you know, it's kind of just an extension of Trojan Trojan territory, it feels like.
0: Yeah, most definitely, and you know the team they're playing against Buffalo. Just looking at some of their their numbers and what they have done this season, this is a very good offense. They lost by one point, thirty to twenty nine to Northern Illinois in the MAC championship game. And their quarterback, uh, Tyree Jackson, he was the MAC Offensive Player of the Year. Threw for two thousand eight hundred fifty seven yards, twenty seven touchdowns, and he ran for seven on the ground. So you know, it's talked about you know Troy's struggle on offense. They're they're probably going to, have to pick that offense up here in the ball game because Buffalo is a team that can put some points on the board.
1: Yeah. Troy has rode their defense the last couple of weeks. I mean, Buffalo's a score. They're against the points. I mean, you mentioned how fantastic their offense is. I think Troy's defense will keep them in the game. It's like they have all year long. Uh, The offense is finally back healthy. uh, From what I understand, Damian Willis, DeAndre Douglas, and Sidney Davis will all play in the game on Saturday. Uh, Brown mentioned at his press conference this past week, that they're going to make some changes. You know, he says, you know, they've been too stagnant, uh, and status quo on offense. So, you know, there, we can see some different people playing some different positions out there. I think we're going to see some normal starters, not starting, getting some of the younger guys ready for the 2019 season. You know, to kind of see what they can offer. So I think that we'll get back a little bit to where this Troy offense used to be, you know, uh, getting those receivers healthy is going to lighten the load a little bit for bj smith you know he's not going to have to you know try to carry the entire offense again you know they'll be able to throw the ball spread it out which will open up the run game for him Uh, i don't know much about buffalo's defense i haven't seen much out of them but just from what i know of their offense it's going to be it could be a shootout between these two teams if buffalo can score kind of like they have been doing this year
0: you know, looking at the game, I think Troy's going to find a way to win this game. I really do. I think that they will serve the Sun Belt well uh, in Mobile and get their second victory in the, in the stadium there. But uh, for you, uh, who do you like, and uh, do you have a score prediction?
1: Uh, I have to go to Troy. Uh, I, I realistically think uh, just from what I've seen from that team the last couple of years, uh, and just, just this year alone, talking with them after uh, – you know, losing the app, you know, a lot of the last couple of years, they've taken this bowl game as a reward. It's been more like, hey, you know, let's go down here and have fun. Yeah, we want to win the game, but, you know, this is, you know, a, a reward for a fantastic season. That team does not, does not have the same mindset this year. This year it's like, hey, this year did not go the way we wanted it to. You know, we did not win the Sun Belt Championship. We didn't get to host the game. We lost that last game. And, you know, Troy hasn't lost back-to-back games since the 2015 season. So, you know, that's another on their shoulder. You know, they're wanting to end this season with a win. They want to send these seniors out with a win. I know Buffalo is going to have the same, you know, mentality because they lost their championship game. But, you know, this Troy team, they're going to be hungry. And I really think Troy's going to go down there and get a win. Uh, I can see it somewhere around like a, a 31, nah, let's go 31-27 Troy.
0: I like it. That's kind of like around, I was thinking, high scoring. But Troy's going to find a way to win. Just have that uh, way they're going to do it. Uh, now, finally, Justin, as I told you before, uh, we got on the air starting a new segment uh, called Five Questions. Uh, kind of end the show on a fun, uh, lighter note. Uh, are you game to uh, partake in five questions?
1: I, I think I'm ready. I think I'm, I think I'm game enough for this.
0: All right. And Justin does not know any of the questions I'm about to ask. So, this is what's going to make the fun part of uh, maybe the surprise <laughs> factor a up. But mostly sports questions here, sports related questions. The final one is not, though. So, that'll be the intriguing one, what we uh, answer we get. Uh, but number one, uh, if you weren't in sports media, what do you think you'd be doing?
1: Oh, uh, actually, I just talked to my wife uh, a couple times. Uh, if I wasn't in sports, uh, I'd probably do some kind of salesman car salesman uh realtor uh something along those lines you know somewhere i can still like interact with people on a daily basis i think uh, i think i'd be a good fit there but i definitely think i'm better at this job than i would be at those
0: <laughs> uh speaking of this job this is a challenging one maybe best media room food
1: oh best media room food Oh, food-wise, I'd probably have to go uh, with Alabama. Man, their their layout for every game is always on point. It's taking nothing away from the other schools I cover. The food's good there, too. But I think for the Iron Bowl this year, you know, Ben had ribs and potatoes and green beans, and they had, like, a like, little dessert table on the side. Oh, it is. Oh, it's fantastic. And I'm a guy who loves food. So, I mean, you, you got to take my word on this one.
0: <laughs> All right, man, that sounds good. I'm hungry. I might going to run up and see if Tuscaloosa <laughs> still got some <something> left. Um, <laughs> favorite venue to cover a game at?
1: Oh, uh, I want to keep it simple. And I want to say better than Memorial Stadium. They always treat me right there. They're good people. Uh, if you haven't seen pictures of it, they have the greatest. Uh, cooler for their drinks. They have every drink known to man pretty much inside that drink cooler. So Adam uh, Prendergast and his team does a fantastic job there. So I'm going to go with Troy. Uh, Mainly because I can get whatever drink I want. They know me there. So uh, we're going to go with the vet.
0: Hey, I'm just going to side note for me. Uh, When I covered the uh, Boise State game there just at the beginning of the season, the ice cream was awesome. Just the different... (laughs) options for ice cream up there was amazing and that that was that was my that was one of my favorite things about covering the game that day
1: it is it is a rush up there for halftime desserts because that ice cream place is going to be backed up and then they have like brownies and cookies and everything like in the actual media area and if you don't get up there within the first couple minutes they're gone
0: wow yeah it, it was pretty good uh number four favorite sport growing up
1: uh baseball uh, I've played baseball since I was, you know, a, a little kid. T-ball into all the leagues uh, up into high school. Loved watching it. Uh, so, yeah, I've uh, always been a big baseball guy.
0: All right, and the final question, and this is the one that, uh, that could, you know, whoever's listening, you know, might get you in trouble, but well, maybe not. <laughs> Best food in Dothan?
1: Oh, Oh, that's a tough one. There's, there's so many good places. Uh, I guess I'll answer your question with a question: uh, Like local food, or like chain restaurants, or, or all together? What, what What are you looking for here?
0: Altogether, the best place in Dothan. If you're, if someone is listening to this podcast and they are driving into Dothan and they're saying, "I wonder where's a good spot to grab me a good meal," where should they go?
1: I'll tell you, recently, I've been on a big Metro Diner kick. Okay. I know it just opened here. I went there a couple times and eaten, and that food is fantastic. So uh, that may not be the overall answer, but for my, my current right now, one, uh, one of my favorite places, I want to go Metro Diner.
0: Yeah, I've heard some really good things about them. I haven't had the chance to go eat there yet, but I've heard good things about them. So uh, interesting answer there um there's a hey let's be honest, there's a lot of good places in dosing to go eat uh, <laughs> there's plenty of good options so that is a tough question to answer anyways but uh, i like it yeah,
1: uh, yeah I mean, growing diner. up here I mean, yeah, so, yeah so many places to choose from it's hard to choose one so if anyone's listening and they're driving through if you see a place it's not going to be bad stop in there and get something to eat wherever it is it's going to be good food
0: most definitely most definitely and uh uh justin this has been a lot of fun a lot of fun uh doing five questions with you i hope you enjoyed it uh, on your end and um it's always good to have you on the show talk football all, all over the board uh, when it comes to college football and if the listeners want to follow you online where can they find you
1: uh you can find me uh i do a lot of my stuff on twitter uh at justin underscore w s f a uh I'm on facebook as well at justin mcnally WSFA. I post few things there but if you really want to get in touch with me twitter is nine times out of ten the way to go
0: all right sounds good and once again justin thanks for hopping on the show and i uh, hope to have you on again sometime down the road
1: i uh, mean anytime you need me just let me know I'm happy to do it thanks for having me all right
0: thank you justin and uh, have a merry christmas
1: merry christmas to you as well man